Welcome to the Midwest Film Nerds Podcast. I am Alex. I'm Nick. I'm Gojo. Today we're going to talk about what we've been watching or what Nick's been watching, and then we're also going to go into a full review of James Mangold's The Wolverine. Going to be a little bit of a short one today, I think. So, well, in honor of the short uh, X Men, shortest X Men. That would yeah. be the Wolverine. Except not on film. No, not on film. No, he's no. the tallest X Men. So never mind. <laughs> He's tallest man ever. So, yeah. Review us and rate us on iTunes. I'm going to say that at the top here. Feedback at MidwestFilmNerds.com. Check us out on Instagram and Vine and Twitter. All that good stuff. Find just, links to it on uh, on the website. MidwestFilmNerds.com. Just go ahead and do that now. And yeah, yeah. You might as well. And I'll probably say it again at the end. But I figured I'd get it out there. So, Nick. What have you been watching? Alex, have you been watching anything? I haven't actually even gotten around to Cheers this week, so I, literally <laughs> nothing. Literally nothing. The hope, the hope rides, uh, rides alone on this one, huh? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm continuing my Breaking Bad rewatch. I'm almost done with season two. It's still really, really, really good. Especially second time through. Is it your goal to finish it all before the new season? Yes. Right. We're moving along at a decent clip. Yeah. The seasons only get shorter too, don't they? Um, After season two. Well, season one, season one's like seven or six, yeah. seven or six, and then two, three, and four are all thirteen. Oh. And then five, the first half of five is only eight. Yeah. So it's not too bad. You can you can finish the season in about ten hours and. Yeah, a buddy of mine watched the entire run. He'd never seen it before, and he watched it all in ten days, I think he said. Yeah. And that was pretty spaced out. Yeah, so it's good. Go check it out. Uh, seasons one through four are on Netflix. Um, I assume the first half of season five will be up there sometime soon, if it isn't already. But uh, it's good stuff. Get ready. August 11th. Breaking Bad and Low Winter Sun. Yes. Anyway, Nick. Um. So, yeah, I... Uh, before you just interrupted me, <laughs> <laughs> I started rewatching Monsters in prep for uh, Gareth Edwards' Godzilla that's coming out next year, and uh, I didn't actually finish my rewatch. That was only because you and I actually had plans to do something, and I think you showed up a few minutes later. But yeah. uh, I actually stopped because I wanted to rewatch it with some fresh sets of eyes um, to see what other people thought of it. But I I was really thoroughly enjoying it again the second time, as much as I was. The first time, which was probably, it came out in what, 2010? I think it was the year it came out, I, I rented it as a as a pre-street or something from work, and okay. it was, I remember watching it and being like, wow, I actually really like that, but I know most people are going to hate it, because they're going to think it's like a, it's an intense, action-y, monster destruction movie, which it isn't at all. <clears throat> it's cool watching it too, because it's an early Scoot McNary performance, it's before he was in like any of the noteworthy stuff he's been in since so it kind of seems like it's one of the movies that helped kind of launch him yeah uh as well as gareth edwards i mean the guy was basically a shoe in to do a godzilla but it was kind of cool seeing uh you know these these sci-fi directors that have been coming about in the last couple of years and kind of being able to chart which movies they were logically a choice for like when blomkamp was being courted to do halo everybody was like that's perfect yeah that's that's awesome and Gareth Edwards is Godzilla. I was like, that's that's perfect. Um, but I hope we can sit down and watch it sometime soon. Yeah, I would like to talk about it. I think that 
that and I, I you were with me for that too. I bought the Criterion Blu-ray of Godzilla. I think it'd be cool if we watched that too at some point before the movie comes out. We, we have a year to do. So. I've only seen Godzilla 2000. That is the only Godzilla movie that I've ever watched. The Matthew Broderick. Oh, okay. So. Godzilla 2000 is its own movie. It's not oh, the Broderick really? one. Yeah. Oh, well. The Broderick one was from like 90... 99. 98, I think. Okay. Um, All I know is that Ben Folds, uh, ben Folds five songs is on the soundtrack. <laughs> but... It's a good song, Like how you too. know there's a Chili Pepper song on the Power Rangers the movie soundtrack. <laughs> well, I know that because I've watched it several times, but... <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> uh, and then... More more importantly, what I wanted to talk about in my uh, what I've been watching today and last night, I kind of broke it up into two chunks. But I watched Oliver Stone's Talk Radio, uh, which is from 1988, and it's a movie that I've been circling for about four years now. I've been meaning to watch. Something about it caught my eye, and I saw a little scene from it in uh, in a class once a long time ago. And I remember thinking, I've got to watch that one because I knew the basic premise. I knew it was just about this really um, intense. Uh, talk radio host <clears throat> and that it all most of it took place in the studio and it was adapted from a play and those kind of movies are always interesting to me um, it was really good, it was really really well made and, and the actors are all top notch but what really stands out is uh, Eric Bogosian the lead was just incredible and the subject matter of it is so fascinating because in 1988 the guy was basically describing it basically still rings incredibly true, if not more so, in 2013 than it did even in 1988. It's really interesting because he's basically pinpointing that era as the decline of of polite society and technology taking over and technology allowing people to dig deeper into the filth of, of themselves and getting more and more wrapped up in just entertainment and sensationalism and surface and well satisfaction with the radio like talk radio specifically kind of having that veil of anonymity by being the caller mm -hmm. allowing people to unleash that kind of you know that's why it's so fascinating because that it, it still exists in a way but it he he hits on broader themes than just talk radio he just basically begins to talk about how the entire world is going that way and it's it's just being we're just allowing it and and encouraging it and it, you really have to watch the whole movie to really get the full the full context of what what get, gets him on this rant but it's near the end of the movie and he just lays it on the line and it's so 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 good and when it was over I was just really stuck with with everything he was talking about. I was like, God, it's so true. And and that was in 1988 that people were saying this. And God only knows what he how he felt, what he was feeling when he wrote that back then. And it, what does he even think now? Yeah. I mean, good good God, man. I remember just seeing something on Reddit or somebody talking about how, you know, head, headline there was like headline news was, you know, stuff like like the Queen's or like the the Prince's kid. And just things like that that just do not matter in any realm of anything whatsoever. They just don't matter. And the actual news, <clears throat> the things that should matter and that do matter just get glossed over in favor of the entertainment and the fluff, which it's understandable that it's it's somewhat escapism for people. They don't want to see the bad stuff, but it's not even that. They just don't even want to see the bad stuff ever. They don't want to acknowledge it. They just keep pushing it off into the corners forever and just pretend it, it'll it'll all go away and it's not worth even putting intelligent rational thought into yeah just get swept up in whatever the kardashians are doing now and I, I just i can imagine that the movie 
or the play being adapted now and being having slight tweaks to it and having it be potentially even more powerful than it was back then. And I actually read that in 2007 they revived it for Broadway and Leah Schreiber played the lead and he won a whole tons of awards and that's awesome. Um, I would I would love to be able to see it somehow, but I'm sure you can't. Yeah. But it was. I'm gonna have to have to sit and ruminate on it a little bit longer. But I think this is what's finally gonna push me to write my first article for the uh, for the website. That'd be good. But I think you should definitely watch it. I think with uh, with what we're doing here, it's it's weirdly relevant. But I was also like I said to you earlier before we started recording, I was tying it in. It came came at the perfect time with us talking about Indie Game the movie, which is a movie I think we've talked about on the podcast more than yeah, once. Because I we watched it with you, or I watched it with you guys, and then I watched it with Gojo uh, a while back. Willie and, watched it at some point too, and mm-hmm. talked about it. And it's such a great documentary. It's it's a perfect example of how to do a documentary, just fantastically. But it's it's fascinating because it's such a modern story, and this is a relevant uh, d- industry right now that everybody's caught up in. That the story isn't going to end. The documentary has continued, and the special edition or whatever just came out, and everybody's you know buying, and it's ten additional hours of of footage. And we just watched a continuation of it last night. And it's interesting that these characters that were established in the initial documentary, they're their journey is continuing, and now Phil Fish, who's easily the most acerbic guy on the <laughs> in in the planet <laughs> on this hemisphere, <laughs> has basically been so browbeaten by the masses or the the army of assholes, or if I may, the Ottoman Empire. <laughs> uh, they've just beaten him down to nothing, so he's he's quitting. He hung up his his skates, and he's not doing games anymore. So he says, and and watching. Hearing all that last night and then watching finishing this movie in tandem just totally made me realize there's just this whole sad culture of you know putting these people on a pedestal and then finding a way to just immediately decimate them and destroy them as soon as you can. And it, part of the problem is you give a mouthpiece like Twitter to a guy like Phil Fish and you know what's going to happen. He's going to say things that annoy people, but I really <laughs> there's there's one specific instance in talk radio I want to talk about so bad, but I can't ruin anything for you because you really really should watch it very soon and so we can talk about it next week or something but there's you'll just you'll be laughing and you'll you'll text me and say this oh my god this is selfish <laughs> but uh it's just part of the cycle like his character even says in the movie numerous times he says you know if you if you hate what i'm saying so much turn off the radio you don't have to listen no one's making you he's like but you're listening because you love it you don't hate it you love it you love to hate it and a guy like phil fish it's the same way people are gonna people are gonna miss him when he's not on Twitter anymore and not making games anymore, and people are like, whatever happened to that guy? Well, he, we forced him into retirement. He should probably come back. I don't know. It's just, it's so fascinating how the parallels of, of real life mirrored me watching that movie at the same time. It was just really, really interesting. Yeah. Oh, uh, quick also, I rewatched The Machinist. It's been years since I watched that one, and that's just such a phenomenal movie. That's one everybody should watch. Just the I've still never seen the it. establishment of the atmosphere in that movie is just absolutely incredible. Who and directed it, it? Brad Anderson. He's only made a couple other movies since then. He's directed a lot of TV. Okay. He seems to be one of JJ's go-to guys because okay. all of JJ's various series he's directed like eight to ten episodes of. Um, but the just the establishing a mood and a, and a world and an atmosphere it's second to none but it's very very Hitchcockian like it's a movie Hitchcock would have made probably that's um, cool even down to the score like I was watching it and Rick happened to be nearby and said something about the music he's like yeah, it's very very Hitchcock um everyone should check it out though I think I I'm not sure if I own the Blu-ray but it's on Netflix okay as is talk radio um 
and I highly recommend them both. Machinist is a very cool, you know, kind of neo-noir thriller type thing, and Christian Bale's awesome in it. It's not just the dramatic weight loss that makes him so good. He really does turn in a top-notch performance. And um, I thought of that because it was weird. I've had all these weird parallels lately because I watched talk radio and then this whole thing with Phil Fish. And then I, I had just watched The Machinist and I started rewatching Equilibrium. And I heard in the same day two separate people talk about both of those movies. And I was like, God, this is weird. Am I in the Truman Show right now? Are people... <laughs> If so, take my recommendations and watch these movies because they're, <laughs> they're really good. Um, I think that's about it. Okay. I've been trying, like I said last week, trying really hard to get back to watching more movies and less TV. There's nothing wrong with TV. It's just that's all I've been watching for a few months and it's time to get back to the movies. And I'll, I'll, throw, I'll throw in a quick bone to uh, Criterion. The Criterion sale has been extended through August 5th, I think, and I picked up at, a couple. At Barnes & Noble. At Barnes & Noble, yes. Has... Online or in-store. Yeah. Um, I think part of the reason they did it was to accommodate Devil's Backbone was just released on the 27th, I think, or something okay. like that. But also, they just wanted... They usually end up saying, oh, we extended it for a week. Um, but I picked up two. Uh, I think you picked up two, didn't you? Or three, yeah, technically. I picked up... Yeah, I picked up... Uh, Sanjuro, Yojimbo. Yojimbo Sanjuro and uh, The Game, which I have not seen, but I love Fincher's, so I was like... Yeah, I'd love to watch that one with you. I'd love to see how the, how the Blu-ray looks, the Criterion looks. I bought Godzilla and Days of Heaven. I put back uh, Badlands, Brazil... Broadcast News. Broadcast News and... Uh, uh, Robinson Crusoe on Mars. Mm-hmm. Almost like John Carter on Mars. I had just a stack in my hand that just kept shifting, and I ended up leaving with only two. But I had plenty to watch anyway. Yep. Also, when... Open forum. Why is Life Aquatic not on Blu-ray yet? What the hell? That's the question on my mind. I, I do not know. As soon as I... I'm going to order it. It doesn't even... I'm not even going to wait for a half off, because that's one that I just need to You'll own. You'll pay $40 yeah. for it. Yeah. Absolutely. It's worth it. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready for our review? Is there really no news? I don't know. I don't look at news anymore. Google Reader's gone, so I have no connection to the internet. Well, someone's got to do it. I don't look at any news anymore. I mean, I went through Slash Film earlier today, and I didn't see a whole... There's a lot of little stuff, like release dates, and... Yeah. uh, Lots of little speculative stuff like that. I don't know. There's just nothing... I don't think there's anything particularly interesting to talk about. Plus, we're starting a little late. There's one kind of cool thing, uh, for me and Gojo anyway, (coughs) Uh, the new Star Wars animated series that's coming out. They ended the Clone Wars, and apparently it didn't didn't end with a lot of closure, so they said they're going to... They're gonna wrap it up somehow, okay? Via movie or direct, or direct DVD pre- movie probably. Okay. Um, but the new series called Star Wars Rebels uh, sounds particularly intriguing to me because it's taking place. It's basically chronicling the birth and the and the growth of the rebellion against the Empire, and it's taking place in the decades between Episodes three and Episodes four. Uh, as far as I know, so it's the TV show that Lucas wanted to make, right? Yeah, in an animated form. Uh, as far as I know, there are no Jedi characters, which is really exciting for That's me, because the Jedi are cool, but, you know, I'm really, really ready to get away from that and get back to regular people. Yeah. Um, and they, the animation and the designs of the ships and the world and the characters is all based on Ralph McQuarrie's concept art, which is a huge, full stiffy for me, because <laughs> I love that shit. 
And so when I read that, I was like, woo, sold. And uh, they just released a couple pieces of their concept art for the show, and it all looks pretty sweet. Um, so that's kind of exciting. Yeah. And a lot of fans were commenting on it. They were really excited about that, as well as there was some other Star Wars news that people were excited for, something in the video game realm. Well, we've talked about that, I think, a while, a while back when they said DICE would be making a, a Battlefront stuff. But people were, a lot of people were commenting and saying how excited they were, and like they were like, this is stuff that should have happened with the Star Wars license a long time ago, and now yeah. that George is no longer at the reins, they were like, I feel like we're finally going to get some really cool Star Wars that gets away from the Jedi and Anakin, and because it seems like they did say also that there was a, a ship that's going to be like the main character's ship in Star Wars Rebels, and it's a cross between uh, the Millennium Falcon and something else, and they said it's going to be kind of a home throughout the series, so it seems like it's going to be about a group of ragtag, like Kind of, kind of Firefly esque type thing, and I was like, Very cool. so down. Yeah. <laughs> so down. Very cool. And, uh. Not a lot else. Oh, uh. <laughs> the Secret Life of Walter Mitty. Yeah. Has skyrocketed yeah. to, like, my, my number two anticipated movie of the year now, because that trailer was breathtaking. You're welcome for my mention of it and my honorable mentions. Absolutely, the... I didn't even know anything about it. I remember seeing Ben Stiller would direct it or would star in it, and that I had no clue what it was even about. I remember looking it up and being like, "It's about a dude who daydreams about how you know, like awesome situations with himself." And I, like that was me in middle school. I would do that all the time, just like think about how I should be a superhero right now. Oh, yeah, what, what imaginative nerd wasn't like Yeah, so I just very much was like, I think this is a movie I should take a look at. And then this this is one of the few trailers that I did, that I watched. I watched a few trailers this so week. So worth it. Most of them were like, I don't really care. Catching Fire actually looks like it could be a movie this time around, which is good. It does. And then... Walter Mitty, like I saw, I saw the frame, and I was like, I know what this is. And then I was like, I just have to watch this one because it was, it it kind of hooks right in. I had my I had my face was doing this ultra. I was like, <laughs> my mouth was hanging open and I was smiling. I was just like, this is this is beautiful. Like yeah. it looks so good. It looks so funny and so sweet and so like. A lot of people said, <laughs> said they were. <laughs> A lot of people said they were expecting really broad... Like, I, it's not on YouTube, it's not on Apple Trailers yet. I've looked it up every day since we've seen the movie, trying to watch it again. And a lot of people were, were uh, talking about it online. There was actually an art... I just did a Google search for it, and someone mm-hmm. said, at, like, CinemaCon or something, they said the footage that they screened blew them away. That's a, that's... And they said it looks like it, it's hewing a lot more to dramedy than broad comedy like they thought it was going to be. And they said it seems like Ben's really trying to say something with this one, and it's... Uh, potential Oscar bait, I think, from what they said. It's coming out December time frame, so it's right in the thick of it. But everything about the trailer was just... it, Like, just the look of it is so good. Mm -hmm. And Ben Stiller is just killer at everything. And the guy has such a knack for for visuals, for weird... There's so much bombastic action in the trailer that's really, really hilariously over the top. And I just... I was like a kid on a carnival ride watching this trailer... And the shot of all the Life magazines yeah. was so like The Graduate, and just him doing that run in high speed with like that song, and it just was, it just came together perfectly. And I was like, wow, I really, 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 really want to see this movie now. Did you, did that one screen with your? Oh, uh... uh, that was before the Wolverine. Yeah, I actually got there late um, because I had to see it downriver, and the bunch of rednecks were uh, just 
driving their cars up and down Telegraph, and it was really <laughs> slow. Um, so I, I pulled in literally as the Marvel, uh, the Marvel logo was was showing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, oh, good, I didn't okay. miss anything apart from maybe an awesome trailer. Did I miss an awesome trailer? You missed one awesome trailer. Well, oh, Elysium okay. as well. So two awesome trailers. Okay, I, pff, I'm getting that, seen that. in one. we're getting that at the IMAX. Yeah, we're gonna have to soon I'm enough. For so that. Is I, that next yeah. week? It's There's August 9th. That's two weeks from now. What are we doing next week? Ooh, August 9th. Mmm. Mmm. I don't know what you're doing uh, right now. Uh, it's going to be the 8th, though, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, we're showing on the 8th. Okay. Yeah. okay. Right. Right. Uh, I'm supposed to go up north on the 9th. Me too. Oh. <laughs> my cousin's wedding. Are we going up north with each other? Yeah, I think so. You're going through you're your both cousin weddings. Oh, time's up. Goodbye, <laughs> podcast. Time for the review. Kyle XY. <laughs> Quick. No, no. Um, yeah, well, I guess we'll do the eighth. We, we can, can talk do. about this when we're not on. Yeah, on, that's true. On the air. Inside <laughs> no, politics. You guys want to hear this? You want to know where we're going? That's true. We're very interesting people, and we're very handsome. Um, so you want to see us in real life? Well, speaking of, you should be sure to subscribe to our Vine and uh, Instagram. Yeah. Accounts because we're we've been doing more fun stuff with those yeah. lately, and we're literally literally half as handsome uh, in recorded media as we are in real life. So just imagine what we would look like in real life. It's true. Yeah. All right, I think it's time for our full review of James Mangold's The Wolverine. James Mangold Goldman, Goldman Mangold, mangled by the Goldman. <laughs> um, Booster Goldman. Booster Mangold. <laughs> yes, a James Mangold Booster Gold. Gold Edition. Booster Mangold. Xbox Live Gold By James edition. Mangold. Yes. All right, so IMDb says, Summoned to Japan by an old acquaintance, Wolverine becomes embroiled in a conflict that forces him to confront his own demons. Starring Hugh Jackman, of course, but also a lot of Japanese people. Yeah. You could probably pronounce their names, but I think we'd have some trouble. Well, Japanese and Chinese Lido, cause people. Cause this you is can't tell the difference. <laughs> That's racism. Will Yun Lee, he's Chinese, but there's Tao Okamoto and uh, Rila Fukushima. Rila is not a Japanese name, because there's an L in it. I'm pretty sure she's American. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, Hiroyuki Sanada and Svetlana Koden... Ko- the viper chick yeah the viper chick anyway so all those people are in this movie um okay I was like what's wrong with the audio the no it's yeah. just somebody dropping the bass we just outside. live in the metro Detroit area yeah, yeah. Um, the sickest bass in all the land <laughs> so right off Sir the top bass. as I usually forget to say this stick around um, after the first set of credits because there is a little scene to check out. Was there anything after the, like, at the very, very end? I don't know. I didn't stick around. Okay. I'll um, double check that right now. No, I believe it's just It's the... just giving you the rating of the movie you just saw, which I, I never understood why they do that. Yeah. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, so. Are we doing a, uh, a non-spoiler and a spoiler? Yes. So okay. we're in the non-spoiler section. We will let you I know when spoilers occur. Um. But now Wolverine pop claw. Snicked, snicked. Yes, Wolverine has claws. Spoilers. He <laughs> heals. So, okay. Back in 2008. I don't know where you're going, so I don't know where they're confirming that. We got X Men Origins Wolverine. Oh. I think nine. 
It's either eight or nine. Not um, long enough ago, basically. Probably nine. Nine makes sense because oh six is last stand. But yeah, two thousand nine. Okay. And that movie was a big disappointment to most Wolverine fans. Well, to people who like um, movies or stories or who like um, breathing air, that was mostly a disappointment. So that kind of sums up how we all felt about that. I'm glad it could help. Um, The Wolverine got announced. We were all like, okay, who cares? Why are you doing another one? Please just move on. Yeah. But... We should get into how we actually felt about the movie. So, yeah. I'll pass to you, Gojo. Okay. As now, I'm I, I was as as a child, and for most of my life, I'd say Wolverine was probably my favorite uh, comic book character. Um, I mean, he is for a lot of people, but I actually had reasons instead of just you know claws and slashy dude. Um, I like that he's he's one of those characters who's just he's got you know two very distinct uh, sides to him. There's the... He's kind of a... He's kind of like a, like an animal for most of them. Like, yeah. He's, uh, a, he's a bad guy who tries really hard to be good. I think that's one of my favorite things about him. Um, and uh, just in, in, most of, uh, in most of the X-Men popular media nowadays, he's just, he's just kind of slashy, man. Um... But uh, slashy, I think slashy front man, slashy front man, yeah, with uh, dapper hairstyle or whatever. You know, he just doesn't have much substance to him. Um, but uh, you haven't watched Wolverine and the X Men, though, have you? No, no, I saw one or two episodes. Um, but no, I think I I went into this movie expecting to be disappointed, um, and. It didn't actually take very long before I realized that I actually liked the movie, and it there was an actual there's an actual enjoyable character arc to it. Um, it it was I I I am yeah I went away from this theater being I being very glad that the movie was made and they actually had a reason for making the movie. Yeah. Um, and it was it was I mean it wasn't full of the full of the cheese that, that, you know, if you go back to the old, X, well, not the old X-Men movies, but, you know, the 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 X-Men trilogy. Yeah. Basically, you know, movies of that era. I was kind of expecting it to have that kind of, that kind of cheese to feel like, you know, a comic book movie. But it really, it didn't feel like a like a comic book movie to me anymore. Like, everything non-Marvel basically nowadays does of, feel. It's kind of matured. It's... Uh, it's matured to the Iron Man, Batman Begins level. Yeah, I would, I would, I would actually put it up. Which, which on, I mean, on that level, I, I would, would put say, up on that level. I would say maybe First Class got there too. It, to, but not, not like, not. It didn't transcend that, but it, it didn't feel like the days it, of Daredevil yeah. and Fantastic Four. Yeah, First Class to me had a lot of the had a lot of those comic booky elements, um, but it was. It was better than than that era, but it felt like it was, it was still partially of that era. Wolverine is, has moved as they've crossed that bridge and they're into, just you know, action. This isn't a comic book movie. This is this is just a just it's a superhero movie. Um, That's I think there's, there's an important distinction. Yeah. I mean, they sound like basically the same thing, but it'll they're be, really not anymore. It'll be interesting to see if Brian Singer drags it back down. 
we could talk about that after i'm yeah, sure but yeah, yeah no um yeah no i was i was very impressed with it and i i I like I said I went in with a negative viewpoint and I need to see it again this time realizing that it was a good movie and give it a maybe see if I like it even more. I mean that's that's a good sign that you went in with negative thoughts and came out with positive ones. That's the movie had to fight harder than it did for most people. So yeah, that's good. Yeah. Nick, The Wolverine. Um, I also liked it quite a bit. Am I loud enough here? Yeah, you're good. Okay. Uh. I went into it with with basement level expectations, and there was there was not much lower for this character to be dug into, and 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 I knew I was like, this is the one where either it's going to be the final nail in the coffin for the character, and they're going to just put it to bed, or it'll be a breath of, of fresh air. And I think it, for me personally, it breathed a hundred percent new life back into the character. Like I actually really give a shit what Wolverine's up to again now. And I had totally written him off, actually, in the last stand. Because yeah. the, the Singer-era movies, you know, they're not even... We've never really had... The only X-Men movie we've had is X-Men First Class. Yeah. The other movies have all been Wolverine movies to one degree or another. And this one actually made me really into the character again. Because he's great in the first movie. He was all, he was a fairly logical character to, to be the cipher for the audience because he's the outsider you know, looking in. And I think it's interesting what Kojo said, that he's a... He's a bad guy trying really hard to be good because I kind of feel the inverse about Wolverine that he's a good guy trying really hard to be bad. And from where I came from as a kid in the 90s reading a lot of the comics, he was always just such an ornery asshole to everybody. He was always that guy who, like, they'd try really hard to include him in the group and, like, you know, they'd be celebrating a birthday or something in the mansion and he would just be out on the grounds leaning up against a tree smoking a cigar by himself just trying to feel... Just brooding, basically. And he had good he has good reasons to brood. I mean, there's no common character with a more tortured past than Wolverine. Yeah. At the same time, he's always been that guy who's just been that, that outsider just for the sake of doing it. Or he'd always, you know, try to pick fights with some of the new recruits, or with Cyclops in particular, as well. And he was just... And, and a lot of X-Men would call him out on it and be like, you're not this guy. Like, you are a good dude, deep down inside. Why are you trying so hard to suck? And he'd be like, because I have to, because I'm an animal. And like, that's why the relationship with him and, and Nightcrawler was always so good to me, because they were both kind of those outsider, kind of freak show guys. And they, but they got each other, and they knew they were both good, good dudes. And this movie, I think, helped reinforce a lot of that for me, because he's he's li- he's that that in that self-imposed exile at the beginning, and quick sidebar I absolutely love there's no mention of where the other X-Men are like what they're up to I'm so glad yeah. that the whole movie is just like you know Wolverine's like out on his own yeah and that's all that matters for you the viewer right now in this story there's no real concern with a larger universe and I just like it just was really great for his character that he was he was kind of that just prickly prickly dude living in the woods by himself again he doesn't want to be around anybody because he's upset about his past and and then it takes a couple characters to kind of coax coax the human side back out of him again, and it kind of it kind of did the inverse of what Origins set out to do, where Origins kind of wanted to explain how he was a good guy, driven to like animalistic side, but it just failed on on all failed. fronts of story. Miserably fail, miserable failure. There's just no character, Ugh. there's no story, there's no heart in that movie. In this movie, there's a lot of heart, and um, it just reminded me again of why, I, as a kid. 
I mean, as a kid, kid, like little kid, I Wolverine was my favorite X Men because there were so few X Men back then to like be into. And then as soon as I got hey, my... wait a second, why why did Gambit pilot a helicopter? Hey, I'm hey, sorry. Fuck you. Anyway, <laughs> we're not talking about that movie. Uh, and then and then I got my first like X Men comic that had like Nightcrawler in it, and I was like, all right, new favorite. For switch. Me. Yeah, switch. <laughs> Change class. Uh, but it, this movie reminded me again, once again of why why I just love Wolverine so much, and uh, it was just a total success. I th- well, not a total success. We'll, we'll we'll get into that in the spoilers. But yeah, as far as my how I felt in my heart when I walked out of the theater, but after the credits rolled, I felt great. I was like, you know what, that was great. All right. Yeah, I um I enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I do have some reservations and. Um, I think the majority of them will probably hold till spoilers. Um, it was interesting because I didn't even realize I had been thinking that this would be a sequel to Origins, not a sequel to The Last Stand, which which it well yeah I I mean yeah I I, I thought the same thing I thought it wouldn't I thought it would be at that point in the in the timeline it's really not. A sequel to anything, which is no. I mean, it's it's it, it, pretty. It's, it it's a continuation of the universe, but not the story. Certainly, they uh, said well, it's I mean, a sequel. Say, but that, it's but it's that, it's a but sequel, that, but I would put it in quotes because it's story, not like yeah. That story that story was closed off with the last stand. Yeah, so I think it, it's I would, but it yeah. still lives in the world where Jean Grey is dead yeah, and, and the X Men like. The X Men kind of got destroyed. Yeah, everything that, that happened. Yeah, I, I I actually liked the parts where they, even as much as I didn't like Last Stand, I liked the parts where they were referenced. They just kind of went back to Last Stand. Like they kind of did it hinting wise, but I mean they never just hit you over the head with it, which was yeah. nice. But so I mean that was kind of a surprise when you know it opens up world war ii era i'm kind of like what's going on like we kind of we're already past this in origins and then it hops to like you know modern day and i was like oh okay well i'm glad i didn't watch any trailers for that (laughs) but uh no i thought i thought it was i thought it was quite good i think jackman i mean it's always been awesome that jackman loves the character as much as he does because he i think um this is the first time that you really get to see him delve into that character this was as, a definitive, saying. definitive portrayal of Wolverine yeah like, this yeah. is the best of his career everything else has been like oh okay well it's it's it's, it's, it's been very surface just kind of slashy guy with claws he try, can yeah heal. cool 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 abrasive guy you don't want to take home to meet your mom you actually got to see the Wolverine character here yeah, um, yeah. which was which which I loved props props to them for that and I the, the whole cast was great I mm-hmm. mean I, I enjoyed everybody including you know um, I, the only kind of weak link would maybe be Viper, but she just kind of sucked as a character anyway. But Jackman uh, also on on the note of how much he loves it, and it's interesting because he he's been playing this character for over a decade now, and uh, I'm gonna try to quickly you do it. <laughs> Look up how old he was when he first played him in, okay. in uh, Wolverine One. We'll keep talking. Or Wolverine he's One considerably younger. Well, I finished my thought. Um, <laughs> but he did say this was the first time in his history of playing the uh, Wolverine that he got into the shape that he wanted to get in like how yeah. the body type that he imagined Wolverine to be he he was he, he felt a lot thicker and that uh, that for me was good because yeah, Wolverine's sure. kind of a thick guy kind of yeah <laughs> kind of like kind of like you know the earth is thick he he is 40 he's gonna be 45 this year okay Woof. 
So if X one came it's out in ninety nine, two thousand, then he's going to be um, what did I say? Forty five. He was forty five. He was be, like he's thirty two. He was thirty two in his first portrayal. That's of amazing. So that's pretty good. I mean, props to him for. He, yeah, he does. I mean, he's not. He doesn't appear to be getting any no. kind of fatigue from it. Well, but it's, it's a long span of time too. So yeah. The great thing, and I was thinking while we were watching the movie, I, I, you know, after Origins, I was thinking to myself uh, in regards to Jackman, I was like, you know what? How much life does he have left in him to play this character? How, how much longer can we be convinced? But the thing about Wolverine as a character is he should look middle aged. He should look a little rougher. He's yeah. been around for a while. Yeah. And Alex and I were saying after the movie, Alex goes, It's too bad we're never gonna get a real old man Logan movie and I was like, Oh we absolutely will. <laughs> when Hugh Jackman is sixty years old, he will make old man Logan. He will hit the gym like a monster again and he will do it. Like I I would probably bet money on that. But we'll see it one yeah, day. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see I mean we'll, we'll see if they can get all those all the characters. Well, that's, yeah. that's that was my. That was the. We're we're getting a little. If you're getting into practicality, but yeah, yeah. off the off the rails here. Off the um, rails. No, I I kind of I'm I'm a I like Japan a lot. I wouldn't call myself like a Japanophile, but I do. I I know a little bit of Japanese. I work for a Japanese company. I've been playing Japanese video games for decades, like two decades, and um, <laughs> that is multiple decades. So. <laughs> so uh, just kind of seeing where Japan takes the Wolverine character and the fact that I'd never read any of the, the Japan Wolverine stuff and experiencing some of that was very cool and having it really feel like Japan and seeing some of those locations and, and, and kind of looking at this fish out of water and, and I think in the IMDB page or something like that it was very interesting to think of it as them taking this character Wolverine and putting him in this land of like honor and and courage and and family and kind of seeing what that does to him as a character, I thought that was all very cool. And and so Japan, I think, very much feels like a character in this movie to me, which I, I appreciated very much. <laughs> and um, it is it was weird watching because Wolverine's knowledge and and respect of the Japanese culture is such a deep staple of the character and as as i know him that it's interesting watching him discover it yeah like kind of start developing that Mm -hmm. yeah Um, realizing that you know the whole world isn't just canada yeah (laughs) (laughs) um i think complaint wise to keep it non-spoilery i'm just gonna say i feel as though um act two and act three of the movie are kind of redundant in some respects but we'll get into that more in spoilers um I think Viper was pretty weak as like a character Super villain weak. as a whole. Yeah. Um, the force of villainy throughout the movie is pretty weak. Yeah. There's never a clear target, at least in there's enemies on a on a on a human on a personal level there's enemies. So that, yeah. that's good. I, I felt a force of antagonism, but as far as it's yeah. super villainy, there really isn't one. And until the third act and that's that's why I, frankly, I rather hate the third act of this movie. Yeah. I love the second act, though. That's where, that's where I guess we'll disagree a little bit. No, no, no. And I'm saying they're redundant. So maybe you just take away the third act and then <laughs> we're good. I like, think you I, could have extended, yeah, the second yeah. act out a little bit longer and you would have had an absolutely phenomenal, tight, small, personal story. But the third act, somebody put it so well online, they said the third act feels like something that was cut out of Origins and pasted into this movie. 
And I was like, that's dead on. It feels like a weird, stupid skin graft from one shitty movie onto a healthy <laughs> movie that just doesn't make any sense. Um, and is wildly unnecessary. And I suppose I can talk a little bit about the Old Man Logan thing. When, when For those who don't know, there's a storyline in the Marvel comics that basically consists of um, supervillains overpower all of the superheroes of the world and Wolverine is still alive at this point and he's kind of promised to never pop his claws again because of you know something that happens and it's just kind of this like you, you if you've seen the trailers you'll know that there's kind of uh, Wolverine is like I'm never gonna pop my claws because I you know I killed Jean Grey blah 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 he says that in like the first minute of the movie and then like s- five minutes later he's like taking out a whole bunch of people with his claws and it just feels really disingenuous and I really wish that they had kind of not forced that hand so quickly. I really wish that like we would have had this scene where he just finally decides to pop his claw and the first time he pops his claws in the movie he just slashes at a tree. Like, okay. Maybe he's like, I'm never going to use my claws on a human again. Okay, whatever. But I I feel like it would have been more effective if we had gotten... If there was some payoff for that, instead of just... Yeah. "Eh, I'm going back on that. If we had gotten, like, 30 to 40 minutes into the movie before he had even, like, popped his claws yet... They could have... If he did it for something that really mattered, yeah. Yeah. They could have crafted a really, really, really powerful moment, you know, similar to Superman emerging from the Fortress of Solitude in the the costume for the first time. They could have had that moment where Wolverine's claws come out and the animal comes out again for a minute, and it would have been... would have been intense. Yeah. So, I... You know, it sucks that they kind of toyed with that, and, you know... There was... Because the movie was very capable of having some intense... Beats. I mean, Absolutely. there are definitely some moments that I was like, "Wow, this is really resonating." And the movie is taking itself very, fairly seriously. Right? <laughs> you know, it's something else too that I just thought of with, in re- you know, contrasting this with Origins, and it kind of is how we're comparing Catching Fire with the first Hunger Games. How Catching Fire actually looks cinematic; it looks like a movie, and this one actually looked like a movie over Origins, which is just kind of, you know, they're documenting it. Like, as there were there were a lot of things in this movie, particularly the. You know, if you're going to take a character and, and put them in some sort of altered state of consciousness, there's so many old, you know, overused camera gags and th- things like that to kind of put you in how they how they feel. But the moments where Wolverine was taking damage and his healing factor was not quite up to snuff really, really worked for me. Like, the use of, you know, diopters or whatever prisms they were using to make make the lenses do weird stuff mm-hmm. and, and, this, and the way they would mess with your you know the auditory auditory stuff that was going on was actually really cool i was actually really into it yeah i was like wow i actually feel kind of disoriented right now and it's and the notion of of wolverine not being indestructible is such an was such a cool device that i wish they had almost explored a little bit more yeah because the the moments they did I, i i found myself being concerned while i was watching the movie and i was like this is actually kind of cool to be worried about wolverine i'm like if he gets hit by a car he might die (laughs) this is a problem now he's he's so used to just running into bullets yeah i do think they they probably could have gone much farther with that with the vulnerability absolutely Um, we can talk about that yeah we can go into spoilers but i think that that having that totally worked yeah combined with the theme of popping the claws if they had dug a little deeper with those two 
And those could have been things that Aronofsky was pushing harder for with the R rating, and they were like, nah. Yeah. So he was like, all right, peace. Uh, I'm going to go make Noah, <laughs> and everyone's going to love it. Uh, but it, uh, you know, as far as what it went for, I think it definitely succeeded on, on a level. I just... I'm being greedy now, and I want a little bit more. It was, it was, it was to the point. We've reached the point of good movie with it, and we're like, "Wow, that was pretty good." Well, well maybe mean, it should have done this. No, yeah. I, I feel I, I don't necessarily say that it's. I don't know if I would say that it succeeded on, on the things like the old man Logan and the vulnerability. Like I feel like they definitely use those, or they, they didn't really use the old man Logan thing, but the vulnerability, yeah, they used it, and and they certainly went somewhere with it, and it was interesting. I feel like both of them had a lot of squandered potential. So Yeah, I'm glad they didn't go too far uh, with yeah. the old man Logan elements though, because it would have been really, really premature. Yeah. I mean I think as far as what the movie set out to do with the character of, of Wolverine and get him back into the world and give him an arc and actually have Wolverine have an arc, uh, I think it succeeded on all those fronts. Like the way when the movie ends you're like I'm ready for the next chapter of Wolverine's story. And yeah. you look at it with renewed eyes, as does he, which is cool. And I love the last shot of the movie. It's just like, it's nothing insane. It's just a good shot. And the movie yep. ends, and I was like, God, good work, Mangle. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Let's do quick uh, rating, and then we'll move into spoilers. Yeah. Go, Joe. Oh, um, see, I haven't had a chance to really... To, I haven't had a chance to talk about the movie with anyone other than like it was good, so I haven't had a chance to like fully Internalize. explore my yeah. uh, my feelings on on the movie as a whole, up, other than it was good. Um, That's why we're gonna go with time. we're gonna go with uh, B plus A minus range. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Nick, I think I'm at I'm at a firm B B plus. I was thinking... It's not firm if it's B, B plus. <laughs> I mean, I'm firmly in the B range. There's no crossing over into A range. Upper B range, range, yes. Yeah. It's definitely uh, in the upper B range. I'm going to give it a solid B. I, I enjoyed it quite a bit, but I do, I do feel as though it could have gone... It could have it taken a few easy steps to make it even better than it was. But we'll get into that more in the spoilers. So um, we're going to take a quick break, and then we'll come by, right back talk about spoilers for the Wolverine stick around for the credits and uh of the of the movie rather and uh we'll be right back and we're back we're now in the spoiler section for our review of the Wolverine um, I can probably start out to clarify a few comments that I that I made, particularly in the in the department of redundancy department. It would be the the idea that like the whole second act of the movie is Mariko's father trying to get her, and then the whole third act of the movie is like the grandfather doing the same thing, but for Wolverine. It just feels kind I, of I from like, from that perspective I can see what you're talking about but I think it's important because in act in act 2 Wolverine is he's had his he's had his healing taken he's vulnerable but he's fighting he's he's protecting Mariko not because 
really he wants to, but because he feels like that's what he is kind of honor bound to do. Yeah. There's this this damsel in distress, and he feels like he's got to protect her. But even though he's you know he's he's at that point where he could just he could just let go. He could just you know accept death if that's what he really wants. But and then Act Three, he's he actively seeks to get his power back, even though he you know put on this facade of not actually wanting it most of the movie yeah because now he realizes that he's got something that he needs to that he's got something to live for and that was act three to well, me he's it's him finding his finding a purpose and finding that his life can have meaning and i appreciate all of that like everything that you just said is really really good and 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 one of the reasons that the movie is actually good however i just feel villain wise it was kind of copy paste the, the movie is very it's very weak villain wise i will say that um but I, I don't think it was I don't think it was a villain driven movie. Yeah, no, I, I feel like no, I have yeah. I feel like I have a similar uh similar perspective on Iron Man three, although we won't go into that too much. Yeah. It's the movie is less feels like it's less driven by its villains and more by the arc of the hero. Whereas the opposite of that would be like the the Batman's. Dark Knight. Uh, the Dark Knight the Dark, Dark, Dark Knight and Dark Knight uh, Dark Knight Rises, very villain-driven movies. Wolverine and Iron Man Three are very hero-driven movies. But even so, I can kind of forgive the the weaker villain. Even so, in my opinion, I still appreciated the villains in Iron Man more than I did in this movie. Definitely, yeah. yeah. So you know, I it's it's a fairly minor gripe because it still ends up okay. But I mean, I I feel like the third act is just so like I well, really because I'm, because I well. Madam Viper takes a takes a big front seat in the in the third act, and she's just such a she's a waste. Yeah. Uh, I mean, her. I I don't want to criticize the actress. I mean, I guess she did all right, but the character's not particularly I, I, written yeah, well. Yeah, I don't. I don't think she was given anything. To work the character's with. poor. Um, even uh, even down to the costume, she was wearing a super villainous costume, and yeah. it's like I'm looking at this and like, you're like a. Master geneticist or something or what, and you're wearing you're wearing that. She very much felt like she was out of those prior superhero. Yeah, movies. that was yeah, it that was, was a fan service costume, and it yeah. just did not fit. What were you gonna say, Nick, about villains? I I really liked the Jean Villain. I was waiting for you to say. It. <laughs> uh, uh, I really liked her dad as a. Like, I was really into the plot of the. Yakuza trying to get her for whatever reason, trying to extort her, like, and not knowing who was behind the kidnapping and having a couple suspects. Is it the fiance? Is it the dad? I was really, really, really into that story. <laughs> and I was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, this is Wolverine, but it would just worked on such a great level because here's a place where you take away his healing factor and so he can get lit up by Uzis, and that's mm-hmm. a threat. And B, he's in a country where he is an outsider and you can't just run around and pop your claws and kill everybody you want to because that's just not how shit gets done there. Yeah. I and mean, he was respecting... It's, it's not where shit gets... That's not how shit gets done anywhere, technically. Well. But especially <laughs> not in Japan. I mean, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is like it's a, And especially with her, with Mariko, she was very like, these are my problems, let me handle them. And him being like, well, I want to help. And... It just was such a great dynamic they set up between those two. Their relationship was better than any between well, the sh- like a the hero thing and his is love it interest. May, here's the F bomb for the episode. 
it fucking made sense. Like, it yeah. made sense. Wolverine's infatuation with Jean Grey has never made sense in the movies. No. It's it's straight up stupid. No, it's been like he looked at her coming down the staircase and he's like, dips. Whoa. Yeah. Just... And, like, that's one of my biggest beefs with the X-Men movies has always been that Cyclops just got shortchanged so hard every every episode, or, uh, movie, every installment. And to shoehorn Wolverine into that into that role was stupid. Because in the comics, does Wolverine love Jean Grey? Yes. But eventually, he gets that she's not his, and he backs down, and he learns to let go and move past it. And that was so refreshing at the end of this movie for him to finally tell her, get the hell out of here. Like, I need to move on. But then it really bummed me out, because then he's like... He just bails on her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta go somewhere. I really don't even know where. I'm honestly... I uh, you I love you and I just fought for you, my life for you but I uh, eh, I don't know because their their I'm dynamic was so good it was and, such and a I wanna, shame I want to talk so much about my favorite part of the movie <laughs> and Alex was laughing so hard at me talking about it Wolverine chopping down the tree in the fucking in the middle of the road was my favorite part <laughs> of the movie it was it was awesome it I was, was like a very this cool character this moment. is Wolverine to me where he's that guy who's he's been tortured and he's just on the run and he finds this land of honor and peace and tranquility and where the country of japan itself is wolverine where it has had the absolute shit kicked out of it it has been reduced to its lowest form and it rebuilt and like mariko even says to him in the movie it's you know if if this if this could come back from if we as a country could come back from what we went through you know couldn't a man do the same thing and like it's just the perfect place for that character to wind up and I get now why it was such a moment of divine inspiration for Chris Claremont and them to be like let's port Wolverine over to Japan for a while because it makes so much sense for him as as a man as a human to be there and and just everything in the second act of him with with Mariko on the on the train and then and 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 there and going back to that well where it all started and everything I was just eating it up I was totally into that shit and uh <clears throat> Just Wolverine being that guy who can pitch in and roll up his sleeves and lend a hand to some people that need it. And the part where he sits down and she's like, what's the matter? And he's like, I'm tired. And he's like, <laughs> happy about it. Because the guy's never been tired in his whole life. <laughs> was so, so cool. I was just totally into that. See, and that's the thing is that I just hate how much the third act is just kind of like... The third act, it couldn't forget it about all it that. It can't shit. ruin it and for not forget, me. But, but and and the thing is, like this is for for my eventual recut of this movie after Place Beyond the Pines. <laughs> the uh, the final fight should have been Wolverine versus her dad, and that fight scene was so good. Yeah, it was so good. It was cool to watch. the The fighting was great. And another quick aside about this movie is that the fights are great because they don't last too long. Yeah, they're short, they're sweet, and they're awesome. Like the train set piece, I was like, this is gonna be stupid. <laughs> In the trailer, and then it happened in the movie, and I was like, "That was the shit." <laughs> I was totally into it, and uh, the fight with with her with her father was just very cool, and it, and it was just intense on on several levels. And that moment where he was boring into his chest and trying to pull that thing out was really sweet. And I was like, "Why isn't this the end of the movie? Like that should be the final scene. Like it should have been Mariko, like at the point of a knife, and Wolverine can't." get there he can't save her until he does that like it, it needed to happen for I think, me it needed to happen in the third act no I, I i think i think the i i think the third act the problem with it is more 
that it just it's a complete change in tone from everything else if it was i mean the fact that you're going into this secret hidden base it just doesn't make any sense so with the gooby. with the <laughs> everything fight. else lab every, fight <laughs> <laughs> everything else was so down to earth in this movie i mean exactly. it's yeah. and wolverine is one of the few heroes where he can he can hang with like the he can hang with the avengers and the sentinels and all that broad stuff but he can also do the small but personal. he's yeah he's he's kind of yeah he's he's really it's his durability that makes him any higher of a class than anything else, but he's a, he's a scrappy little guy, and he he fights those smaller battles really well. Um, but I think, yeah, I think that was the problem with the third act wasn't so much that after that, you know, like you said, like it should have ended after him, you know, tearing out the little buggy or whatever. I think that was good where it was, but the third act just the shift in tone and the. It was a shift into a sudden we're back into a comic book movie kind of thing, um, and it was which is disappointing. Yeah, it didn't it didn't fit. And the well, and the big the big visual moment of the movie the the scene the set piece of all those ninjas with their oh ropes and arrows in his back. <laughs> Where he's just trudging along, pulling yeah, like that was twenty so ninjas. Cool, and I was yeah. like, wait, and then when he. Finally, like it was just a heartbreaking moment of her standing, the princess, literally up in the castle, yeah. just looking watching out on the balcony, happen, yeah. watching him in the street, illuminated. I was like, "Wow!" And then it's just like cut to he's groggy and he wakes up. I was like, "What?" That was all just to yeah. subdue him. Like that should have been the final scene of the movie. Like that, him just and then like him looking like he's gonna die finally, and her being like, "Oh my god!" And he's full of arrows, and then finally have him go in and grab that thing or something like that. Or maybe just realizing that you know, he, this yeah, is the perfect the... time to pass it off to Alex. How's the science in this movie, by the way? <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that a little bit. I mean, I can start off oh, with no. the train fight, and if there's any ice pack moment in this movie, it's that the train, like you know, no, if you fighting get on, on top of a 300 you, mile an hour, if you, if you get train. outside of a Shinkan Sen, you are dead. There is no, <laughs> not no, but at least they were not standing on top of it and like running at each other. Like I will give it that. At least they were struggling to stay on. There was, yeah, there was, there was a hint of we understand science. But we just don't really care right now. Well, and yeah. then there's, like, to take that even further, like, the idea that there's so many times in this movie where, like, the father and Viper are like, I am I am supreme just geneticist, I, I'm doctorate of gen- gen- genetics and all this, and I'm very good at all this, and then it amounts to... Silver Samurai goes into Wolverine's bone marrow and somehow removes his mutation. Like, there's some sort of, like, nanomachines that are going in and eradicating that part of his DNA in every single cell in his body and copying it over to another man's body? No. No. (laughs) Don't even touch that with a ten-foot pole. Don't mention any geneticists at all if you're not, like... You don't give me anything. You're just like, here's we built this big samurai thing so that it can pull in Wolverine's claws, like take off Wolverine's claws and then drill into his bone marrow. <laughs> just so we can suck out his mutation, because that makes any amount of sense in the first place. And then give it to another dude somehow? <laughs> no! No. Who, who it... I, I think the the big point is is that once he gets once he gets a claw to the head, that's totally undone. Yeah, like what? Like, it's like oh no, <laughs> I'm gonna fart all that back back into you. The best you, part Wolverine. was in the movie how they addressed it. Where he's like, 
what was done to me can't be undone. And they're like, we figured it out. <laughs> Wink. <laughs> Third act reveal? No, we didn't figure it out. We're just going to do it. And you just have to <laughs> suck our dicks and deal with it. <laughs> I will say that the lopping off his claws was pretty sweet. It was, it was, it was cool. It was a cool moment, and, but just what it leads to, I was like... Whoa. Yeah, it, I, th- I think it was... I was kind of... I don't want to say impressed, but kind of impressed that they finished the movie. And he doesn't have... He's got bone claws again. Bone claws ready. <laughs> bone claws. Yeah. yeah it's uh, I was like, that's a that's an interesting move. Because... Well, it's, it's dumb. It's dumb without removing the entire adamantium skeleton. Like, it's kind well, of goofy. Like, his whole... So his whole... He's still 98% adamantium. He just doesn't well, yeah, but it's claws. like... Now, I mean, you can't really cut anything with bone claws. You have no. to stab it. Yeah. And you're not going to be able to blast through a sentinel head with bones, you know? No. No. No, uh, no, no. It'll, it'll, it'll be, just got to bounce off. So yeah, it's the first act of, of the next I mean, yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll find, they'll well, find I mean, Adamantium Lab, suppose... and he'll just be like, oh, what? They're there. <laughs> well, that's the I'm thing sure. is, Mariko has a shitload of Adamantium. Well, that was Silver Samurai. I think that was what the shitload of Adamantium was. I think there's more building of it. the silver. Well, I think why that there's that's tons what of it. that's what what's the name of the father's y- Yashida y- Yachita or Yashida Yashida Chester Cheeto like that like think their uh, I think their whole company was founded on uh, manipulating adamantium and like I think there's more to it there. Well, um, I mean, going into the comics, Lady Deathstrike's father is like the big adamantium boss scientist in the Marvel universe, and that was how their feud started so I, th- I don't know if it's the Yoshidas who have but I mean there was well, a mention I mean, of they, they huge kinda... adamantium store I guess I just assumed yeah. that was they built the silver samurai with that that was my I assumption there's plenty of it there's somewhere. not really a an answer anywhere in the movie I, want, I meant so. to say earlier too I, I one of my gripes this movie would have been quickly remedied if the two years later if we can speak freely of the post credits sequence as well oh yeah the, we can. Uh, yeah. The two years later, I think, should have been at the end of the actual movie. Like, I would have loved for Wolverine to have spent some time. Yeah. Like, I, I want a Wolverine who's fluent in Japanese and, like, knows how to wield a samurai sword like a boss and, like, has been with Mariko for a few years and has made a great life for himself and had... Well... It, like yeah, if he was, like, if he at the end of the movie, you see that he's doing alright for himself, he's not, you know, the old tortured soul he's he's doing okay and then we find out uh guess what your old life's back to i would have rather to pull you had, back in charles and and eric show up to get how him. how fuzzy do they leave it are there any what clear indications that it's like this is tomorrow i didn't i don't remember any two years later thing i honestly don't remember any past that was the after credit sequence did it say it says okay later. i wasn't paying attention i guess i mean i think it kind of implies that because she takes power of the company that uh, it was pretty it was I pretty wonder. heavily implied in dialogue that it like, like sure you can't stay yeah. no yeah that was yeah that's true that's true yeah it was no, basically I mean, he might he have just, just all, for all we know he just stood up and got off the plane and went back and well, yeah, swept I mean, her off her feet and, it's like yeah let's just go well Wait, and I mean that's no, the thing yeah actually. what what happened in that two years later and like what's happened in that time sure. in between maybe he I just it would have been so satisfying for me to see the movie I, end with Wolverine just like I think that it would have been like the beautiful oceanside cottage in Japan and being like I'm home and like, it would have been great to see see some some positivity for him yeah like he's finally 
arrived at at a peaceful place in his life, and then the with the post credit sequence, you just see that get snatched away from him. Like you've got to jump back into the fray. Yeah. Um, and can I say I thought the um, the Professor X kind of wheeling through the airport. I thought that was kind of cheesily done. It it's like because he was zipping. He just there. yeah. He just like comes around a corner. He's like. Vroom! I'm back. It's it's not it's a it's kind of a clumsy reveal that it he's alive crazy. again. I'm like It was really? Yeah, I I mean I would have preferred the old you know, the old standby, you hear his voice and then the dramatic turn and it's okay, there he is. That did, would have felt uh, a little more did um dramatic to me. Did Magneto lose his powers at the end of Last Stand? Yes, but there was I don't know if it was a post credits, but you that saw was, him kinda movie. Yeah, he was you saw there was a hint that he was he had them he still. Because he like okay. Flipped. He flipped a flipped a chess piece. Yeah. So he just oh, he just oh yeah he just went boss mode and and just learned him again. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That was last. That's that was last stand. Um, just if you doubt us, don't watch it. Just don't put yourself through that. Just try take our word for it. That's well, interesting because I kind of I've only watched it the one time that I saw it in theaters. Same with Wolverine. Yeah. Origins Wolverine. Don't and, ever watch um, it again. Last Stand, I kind of do want to watch again. I, I shouldn't, but I kind of want to. I remember not hating Last Stand when I left it. I mean, if if you go in without, I mean, yeah, if if you go in expecting it to be horrible, I don't think you're going to be too dis. You're not going to be too bummed out when you when you leave it. Wolverine Origins is completely irredeemable, though. Um, yeah, but we're not talking about the Wolverine anymore. <laughs> I just realized that. Um, hmm. What else do I want to say about this movie? I, I think I think a lot of the uh, the lot of the points they were trying to hit, I think they could have hit them a little better. Yeah. Like we were talking about the the yeah. vulnerability, um, Wolverine losing his power. Um, Popping, he was, waiting to pop the claws. Yeah, waiting to pop the I think him getting shot, you know, I mean, you could tell it was affecting him. But it wasn't like if a normal guy got shot, you know, he he'd, he'd be down. Um, no, and yeah, I think that's the thing is that I feel as I, I felt like he kind of he kind of should have been struggling a lot more through that through that part of the movie where he's got bullets in him, you know. He's he's fighting. Yeah, he's 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 fighting almost at like normal strength a lot of the time. You don't really yeah. see him struggle until he gets like actually hit. And he just he shrugs it off because he's been doing that his whole life. But yeah, I was, I was you don't say, see him physically okay struggle. It, yeah, it's kind of it's yeah. kind of muscle memory, and it's probably also like a the adrenaline, the, I'm sure. the adrenaline. Yeah. And I don't think that like the the thing from the Matrix did a good job. Like maybe it doesn't completely remove his healing. Factor. He did. He did say something like, "I'm not healing, not like before." Yeah. Uh, so I mean, there was the assumption that maybe he is healing a little bit. So, yeah. which he I think he he was healing just at a. I think that's, not I think so that's a big thing about. The, I'm not. I'm not saying right. that we any of us forget about it, but I think as far as the general populace goes, a lot of people tend to forget that just because Wolverine does have an amazing healing factor, he still feels 100% of the pain that is being inflicted yeah. on him. So. Yeah, he's used to be, he's used to getting shot. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, that glad. happens to him. Um, you just invoked a line in the past for me, and I would say it, and you would laugh so hard if you've seen that movie, but you haven't. <laughs> so this is I'm gonna cry right now, like uh, Wrath of Khan. Pod but, crash guy. No, not really. Pest but. cry. Um, Alex, pest tears. <laughs> uh, uh, no, I think I think that's cool though. That uh, you know to see him get affected by, by yeah. wounds. Yeah, he's yeah. You I. 
Like I liked it, but I, yeah, I thought they could have gone a little further with yeah. it. The um, the the kind of pseudo pacifism at the beginning of the movie was. I mean, once once somebody killed a bear, they're like, okay, that's out the window. Yeah, that was dumb. Um, yeah, no, you're done. Um, I'm gonna kill you in this bar. Yes, sorry, yeah, Gene. It just felt. I'm gonna yeah. kill this guy in a bar because he shot a bear. It felt um, so trivial and like point. Like, why did they even bother? Like, yeah, it was. Like, I'm not gonna pop my claws anymore. And then he's like, shink. Let's scratch nope, this dunk. tree and then go kill this dude in the bar. I th- yeah, I think yeah the 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 tr- the tree scratching. That. That was a point where I was like, oh, that's stupid, because I was still in my negative view of yeah. the movie. I don't really get why that I happened. I loved his neighbor, the bear. Um, he came I, out yeah. in the morning and said good morning. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, the the fact that he just throws away that, that pacifism instantly in the bar. For a random dude in the bar who was using poison. He, he used a poison of terror. I'm just, just, shut up. Yeah. All right. I would have, just, I would have been stupid. totally fine with Wolverine um, just punching him in the face. Really yeah, I mean, hard. yeah, yeah. He's, he's got a, he's got metal fists. <laughs> yeah, you could just punch him in the head. Um, but yeah, that was it. He should have had to like pop it for Mariko for the first time. Yeah, like at the yeah. funeral scene. Uh, I would, yeah, I would have been I'm sure cool he did it. pop it. Oh, for he, Mariko. he popped a claw or two, <laughs> except it was a penis. <laughs> um, no, so it was yeah. A lot of the things they went for. They needed to. They needed to, just really it, go just for. It I through. think. Yeah. I, f- I feel yeah. like a lot of the things in this movie, they just didn't. They they could have gone one step further, and it would have been even better. Yeah. But, you know, it, it it feels like a little bit of wasted potential. Yeah. But, you know, if this is the stepping stone from Origins to this is better places. This is like straight up, uh, just m- mountains above above origins it's it's i'd say this is the best x-men property so far i think um including mm. first stand um and nice x1 thing. and x2 because i mean those are those were good for their time but they're dated um one Everybody thing says that about x2 but i could always put x2 on and just love every second of it i think a lot of that's probably nostalgia and I, I can't say i haven't seen it in years but Fair enough. that would be my guess i mean um, x x1 feels really dated. X one was probably honestly it was probably dated like a week after it came out. Two still has two still has elements that are very dated. There are a like lot of the production design is really yeah. dated and costume and Though there are a lot of great I mean, two has some of the best moments in like it's true. comic book movie history, I would say. Um the execution but, is just not yeah. not as timeless as you would hope. Yeah. But uh back to Wolverine, the movie we are reviewing. Uh <laughs> I one of the, one of the things that the mo- that Hugh Jackman I I don't know if this is at his feet or not but the Hugh Jackman Wolverine has never really gotten is the animal nature I don't think the just the the savagery that well that is Wolverine he 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 doesn't usually come through with that I don't think um, it's it can be little things like Wolverine has like heightened senses too he can he has he has enhanced hearing and and scent and comic wolverine usually uses those senses above sight and you'll always see jackman like scanning the horizon for you know mariko or something like they've taken her somewhere he's like where is she you know he's looking for her. Oh, i think i think i think i it's it's a little nitpicky thing like ultimately it doesn't bother me that much but i would have liked to see him like i don't know try try to catch her scent or something i you feel know? like there are he, well he did that with the with the bear 
Yeah, and then did, never did that. And never did it again. Yeah, but yeah, he did, they, he did have those moments in the first X Men. There were yeah. a few times where he's he's catching whiffs of people. And and you're right. He though, doesn't. I don't think he fights with enough like animal savagery either. Again, we're nitpicking. I think I this is me as a Wolverine that, fan. But. We saw more of that in this movie. I think he was getting pretty yeah. ferocious with just flinging ninjas everywhere. It was was pretty awesome. Animalistic leaping. I think yeah. a big yeah, that was goofy. <laughs> the wire foo flying through yeah. yeah the funeral scene yeah there were a couple of ones where I was like mm. Wolverine can't do that. <laughs> no. The uh, Jay Ken he's animal. <laughs> animals all Rob animals look. Animal. I think a big problem is just the fact that we have we have we will never have anything above a PG thirteen portrayal of Wolverine. Which you know, ultimately if we, is... If we got the Aronofsky yeah. treatment, if we got the R-rated Wolverine movie, man... Because, yeah, Wolverine, Wolverine should be that character where... He's just, like, slicing off arms. Well, and... how many times in the comics have there been the characters like, like you know, the Kitty Prides and stuff who think... They get along with Wolverine on a, on a fundamental personal level, and then they see him in battle, and they're and like... And they're just like, uh... uh yeah, they don't want to be... They that, yeah. straight up can't look him in the eye anymore because he goes... So full tilt. He's a, he's a he's a berserker, basically. Yeah. 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 He's he's that's that's the the thing about the Wolverine portrayals. I've I've never been too fond of. But I mean, yeah, like you can't you can't do that in a PG thirteen movie, really. Um, but yeah, that's that's the that's the Wolverine that that I, that I love. It's like the that's him in battle. You know, the dark, just rage monster kind of um, that, that, that bad re- guy who who uses his abilities tries to tries to fight for good remember the comic i i lent you ages ago with wolverine and nightcrawler oh when they fighting were being the, transported to the yeah. like the hell dimension they have to fight the nagari yeah and that that, ah. that is full-born oh. wolverine yeah that's wolverine like in the middle of a pool of like 40 guys just <laughs> slicing them to pieces he's literally down to just like his skeleton and entrails at some point and then just <laughs> Just back together, yeah, he's up to right his, back up into to the fray, and blood and guts, yeah. and he just goes. And even Nightcrawler's like, uh, well, Nightcrawler, yeah, and then Nightcrawler goes to like, go, hey man, it's me, and then he touches his shoulder, and Wolverine goes to kill him because yeah. he doesn't know it's him, and Nightcrawler teleports out of the way in time. Ugh. Wolverine would have gored him all over the place because he's so just the red mist is over yeah. his eyes, and he can't tell. Who's I think and who's I think foe. if they ever if they ever fully committed to doing a straight up like. It'd be terrifying. Perfect source X Men movie. You would have to do that Wolverine for an X Men movie because that's not a leading character. I mean, that's he's too. Yeah, too. he's too just way off the chain for to to really. I mean, to do a legit Wolverine leading a movie. And it's you, it's kind of an interesting way the character of Wolverine has evolved in over the years to the point where he's 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 civilized. He's, he's yeah. backed away from that. Yeah, and it's taken a long time. And and and. It, Frankly, it's a pretty logical progression, and that's what I mean when you watch Wolverine th- and the X Men. He has to step up and be the leader, yeah, because and, someone has to. And in in the I mean in the life of the Wolverine character, he's been around the X Men, you know, for so long. When they found him, he was it, it's 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 the thing. He's got to be with people who understand him, and he he kind of just you know backs down off of the the bad guy part of him. Um, Wolverine and the X Men's good. It's a good. Yeah. Uh, it's a good way to get a, a good glimpse of Wolverine as a m- more maturing character because he has the leadership qualities. People listen to him because they respect him because he's been around forever. Yeah, like literally, <laughs> and, and he knows. <laughs> yeah. You know, he, he's a, he's a worldly guy in the comics and the other media. Not not these movies so much because this is Wolverine's first experience in Japan. But yeah. 
you know, Wolverine is multilingual and knows tons of customs from around the world because he's been just a wandering, he's been a Ronin his whole, his whole damn life. And uh, so there's so much unmined potential yet with the character. Maybe we'll get some of that in that two years later bit in the next X-Men movie because I think they said that this one takes place seven years after The Last Stand. Something like that. And then Days of Future Past is ten. Okay. At least there's two, there's divergent timelines yeah. in Days of Future Past. We have one in the 70s, and then one is 10 years after X-Men The Last Stand. Huh. So, we'll see. That's, I, I will say now, I, I, my, ex, my expectations for Days of Future Past are still lower than they would be for another movie, uh, like like, a, like an Avengers or a Cap or, you know, something like that. But this, I, I definitely elevated. feel more optimistic now after it's funny because i'm a little more worried yeah particularly after talking today because i'm really wondering if brian singer is gonna step up and make it well i okay apart from the only movies that i personally know he's done are x1 x2 and superman returns is there anything the usual better than that usual suspects suspects like I've never seen it, but it's one of like it's that's slow. a classic. It's so good. Doesn't matter because yeah. I know the spoiler, but I'll still watch it anyway. The um, criminals. Spoiler. <laughs> um, They're the usual suspects. He did Valkyrie <laughs> and he did Jack the Giant Killer, both of which were pretty panned critically. Yeah. Also, apt pupil, which was also relatively panned. Okay. I, not I not think... panned, just pretty mediocre he went from apt you know his usual suspects apt pupil x-men x2 and then superman returns it'll be fascinating superman to see returns. how he's how he's evolved like and he's as, had three as a superhero director, he's had three critical flops in a row basically with superman I, returns like i hope that he hasn't i hope he's learned something from the nolan batmans and the current Marvel Studios films. I hope I hope that he sees that they've gone in a direction that he had not taken X-Men before he had left the franchise. And to be I, fair, the last time he was at the helm of an X-Men movie, it was still in the in the baby phase of yeah. the superhero. No, movie. Ab- absolutely. Like I I you know, maybe some of it was, you know, maybe a lot of the 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 silly slapsticky jokiness of those earlier movies was very much writers getting notes that are like come on this is a super when it's movie. you know x-men like, are are a weird property too they're hard to adapt because they're you know slapsticky silliness is okay x-men are they have some really light characters but they also have some really they deal with some really heavy issues yeah they've uh, always I, been an allegory for some sort of oppression of some and sort. i think i think this is going to be really hard Days of Future Past would be really hard to do because the X Men are are they're a straight ensemble cast and nobody's re- they haven't really nailed the X Men yet. Even uh, First Class was it was a two person it was it was like a it was like a duet film kind of it was Xavier and Magneto. Um, it wasn't they didn't really get the the X Men themselves were kind of background characters kind of to these two for. If they're going to do that again in Days of Future Past, then that'll that'll be easier. But if they go for like an actual X Men ensemble film, we haven't really seen one of those that's been successful lately. I would say though, in in, in First Class, every character had a moment though. 
Which is more than a lot of the other X-Men movies had. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah. I still get real riled up when people talk about X2, and I'm like, you have Colossus. You have Colossus. Why would you send him away? I can help you. I know. Be Don't. Like, be like, shit, yeah, man, Colossus is here. I, I, so what do you do? <laughs> I turn into metal. Go. You <laughs> Fight. Stay. <laughs> yeah. Come with me. Yeah, let's do this shit. Are you kidding? Yeah, uh, I'll take the kid, and you go just destroy her. Because, like, when <laughs> when when your cinematic Banshee Sorry, is Colossus. cooler than your cinematic Colossus, you got probs, man. Because <laughs> Banshee was pretty sweet in first class, and Havoc had a moment. Everybody had a cool moment. And then, you know, Vaughn did the, the balancing. Yeah, the, the story was a Charles and, a, and an Eric story, which I thought it... It, it should have been. It should have been, yeah. and it was fine, and it was great. And, but all the students, they had moments, and they, they were characters, and they had distinct personalities. They were all very different from each other. The only one who nobody really gave a shit about was, was Angel, the, the girl. And she was just kind of like, whatever. She's actually kind of... She's she's kind of the pixie character that showed up yeah. lately. Yeah. She just doesn't even do Angel justice. Jeez. All right, I think we're super... Oh, we're totally off topic we're now. totally off the rails. Yeah. And Wolverine was good. I attempted to make this a short episode, and now it's a normal-length episode, so... I, is, I, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's anything now. else I We just have a biological clock and podcast that means we got to talk a little bit needs, more. We need to... But these are, you know, this is... Nobody has to listen to this bit. <laughs> but I think, you know, yes, you this, this is a big... Home, please. It's a big topic. I mean, the X-Men movies arguably were what started the superhero franchise i mean yeah. x-men and spider-man together if we didn't yeah. have those we wouldn't have these movies no and, it's it's true and, and the I, fact that it's coming yeah. full circle in a weird way is it's pretty fascinating i i hope to god that days of future past is like one of the best it's super movies we've ever had it's a bit of a daunting task like it's he's a got, huge task. he's got two ensembles and the thing are, is singer has shown in the past yeah. he can do ensemble like days or uh usual suspects is an ensemble movie and it's it's great and the X-Men's 1 and 2 are ones where it's there's kind of a weird struggle between source material and studio expectations and, you know, Avi Arad and Stan Lee and what those guys have to say. And then you've got a, you know, Singer was a pretty green director at the time. I'm not saying he's 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 matured into a much better director. You know, things things lately haven't indicated you, that. But. Do you guys think that the choice of Singer is is almost like a like a peace offering to fans who remember X2 being this The choice of singer is, is questionable past. on every level because Vaughn was signed on. Matthew Vaughn was making this movie. And then he was like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. It's just, it's... And in, was I mean, in light of it. the last few years, I, I, don't, I don't see why you would... why you would want to go back to Singer. I mean... It's a weird choice. No, I think this is one of the... Vaughn left to do something, didn't he? Oh, well, that worked out real well for Last Stand. Director leaving to go do something else, and then we pull in somebody else. Vaughn. It's just, the the choice of singer, uh, I I, going, back to, going back to your roots for X1 and X2, it doesn't, it, it, it feels kind of weird to me. I would have rather had a fresh, a fresh director in the seat, but. It, it's, a, it's okay, so here's the Wikipedia article from, for uh, Matthew Vaughn. Vaughn was signed on to direct the sequel X-Men Days of Future Past, but dropped out in favor of Brian Singer, the director of the first two films, and uh, Vaughn is still on as a producer. It was announced in November 2012 that the reason Vaughn dropped out for the director duties of Days of Future Past was to focus on the adaptation of Mark Millar and David Gibbons' comic book, The Secret, Secret Service. Service yeah. Like, he he left to do that, so it was probably a, I want to leave, and Singer, why don't you take this over, because... 
Okay. Singer was probably there for the whole process. Like he He was for first class as well. I guess yeah. I guess so. my, my gut reaction was this it, it it seemed to me just as kind of a, a bystander. I didn't really follow it. So I don't this I mean, is based it, on anything, just gut it's like it seems like they're trying to win back some of the some of the people who I, I loved got, X two and then saw Last Stand and were disappointed. I got excited because it very much feels like this is a movie that can completely erase anything that he wants to erase to write the ship of the X Men franchise post Last Stand. But who knows what he's gonna do with it, who knows what the movie's really gonna end up being. Like if there is a heavy slant on the the seventies characters, then yeah, I mean it's a, it's a it's an era of either potential rebirth or recapitulation it's because like, it's at the point now where I loved you know I I can almost safely say I loved the Wolverine I loved what it did for the character and it was great to breathe new life in a Wolverine but at the same time you know the the singer crew of X Men I'm pretty exhausted of them I'm pretty exhausted of the actors and those faces it'll be cool for one more hurrah. But I think after this, it would be good for everybody to just start afresh. Like I, I like continue with the first class. It all it to me, it almost feels like a fan service type thing. Not like well, not, I don't know fans, but you know, like trying to win back X two fans. You know. I think it's basically. It might just be Brian Singer being like, "I'm gonna go and finish it out the way I wanted to finish it." This out. is the this and is the last totally stand down. I wanted to do. Yeah, yeah, I'd be totally down for that because I think there are still weirdly there are still some people that lament not getting the Raimi Spider-Man 4. And I'm like, really? Like, who gives a shit anymore? <laughs> now, whether you Raimi liked Spider-Man The Amazing Spider-Man or not is... That's totally fine. I mean, I won't say it's fine, but it's fine. And But, it, you know, it needed that, though. It was like, we got three movies. We got, like... We got a long stretch with that that cast, those faces. It It's good to move on. No, I mean, it's good to move on. I don't know if they needed to do it as quickly as they did. But they but did because they want money. You know? And, you know, I, I have no qualms with the decision to make. You know what? We've if, I've had this conversation multiple times, so I'm not gonna. It's your. I just I, say you know it's your property, and you know what? Why not? It'd be like you know if they if they said they're you know they're making a they're making a Batman Superman movie. Hell yeah! You know what? Why why should there be a grieving period between iterations? Well, and it's not so much that it's a grieving period. It's just my my complaint with it all, which I've said probably almost every episode of this podcast <laughs> is that. <laughs> Don't give me the origin again. I saw it. I don't believe it was different enough. I know that you completely disagree on every level with my thoughts on <laughs> Chill Amazing out, Spider-Man. Chill out. Don't get no, no, I'm not, I'm not getting riled up. I'm just saying. I know that you're like... It's Tension. weird. We are on opposite sides of the same side of the spectrum, if that makes any sense at all. Because we both enjoyed the movie, but you clear, you liked it a lot more than I did. But if you're not going to wait ten years, then just cut the shit and take the first 45 minutes out of that movie because I really could would have enjoyed like a straight up here's Spider-Man just a a Spider-Man movie here's a villain that we're going to actually develop instead of being like oh he's Kirk Connors he wants his arm back okay let's go you know I I think that's probably what they'll do with Batman and I hope that that's what they do with the future X-Men that'd be awesome that'd be awesome I think if anybody needs to be totally rebuilt it's the X-Men because I they haven't I don't think they've realized the X Men as a property like like you said earlier Nick it's uh it's Wolverine movies uh, I know Willie's the one who really pointed that one out to us but yeah they're Wolverine movies with the X Men kind of backing them up it seems a lot of the times mm-hmm. they really need to if they're gonna do the X Men properly in my book they really need to build that that ensemble All and right. 
everybody being, yeah, an actual team movie instead of individuals. Yeah, basically, what they should do is they should just recast everybody except Cyclops. Just get James Marsden back, because he deserves better. And, and just then... have a battle against a garage door. There's <laughs> <laughs> in sex drive. Yes, we know who wins that one. Alright, I think that's about it. We are now borderline long, too long of an episode. <laughs> borderline real episode here? No, we, we are at real episode. <laughs> we are pushing more, but... Um, any final thoughts, real quick? I didn't watch any Cheers this week. I'm so bummed. <laughs> you know how much I miss Sam Malone and his kooky crew? <laughs> <sighs> so much. Wolverine yeah. was good. Yeah. It yeah. Was very, it was very good. Nick, anything? No. I, uh, I'm really glad that you know a franchise that had pretty much been left for dead at this point, or could have been easily, had some new life breathed into it. Yeah. And it's cool that it was at the hands, or, you know, and still involved the same star. It didn't need a reboot. Yeah. But at the same time, I think that this is kind of a temporary you know, yeah. jump start. We'll I don't. See. I don't think. We shall see. We'll see what Days of Future Past brings. Yeah. So. I'm just. I'm. I'm much more. Much more curious now to see where it's gonna go. That one's next year. Yeah. Okay. Spring, I think. Alrighty. Um, artwork and music from Aunt Mr. John on Twitter. That's my brother. Uh, midwestfilmlearns.com for full show notes uh, links to our Twitter accounts personally at MFN Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram Midwest Film Nerds Podcast on Vine um, I don't know review and rate us on iTunes feedback at midwestfilmlearns.com all you people that are out in the world and listening to us who emailed us once and were like hey I'm listening from Sweden do that again because it made me really happy and uh I don't know. Yeah, we're we you know we're trying to think of ways to to make this thing better and cooler and more fun to listen to. So even if you're like, hey, you guys need to cut the shit and stop rambling in the third act of, yeah, uh, of seriously. your podcast. <laughs> seriously, just stop having us, your technodrome battles in the third us, act. Yeah. <laughs> give us some feedback on what you really think about the show. We won't we won't take it too it's hard. It's really really easy for us to do because we all know each other really well and we're all actually good buddies. We're and literally so just here easy. having a conversation yeah, about this movie. Very you get to listen to, to it. Yeah. Track, yeah. So, so. Um, we apologize. We want to entertain you, but yeah, I'm tame. I'm here to entertain you. Anyway, <laughs> Kyle XY, go watch X-Men. Yeah.